of protection. But Lord, that they need to know you personally as Savior and Lord. Oh, we thank you for another night, Lord. We praise you for this day. Give all the glory and praise to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus, friend of sinners, we have strayed so far away. We've cut down people in your name, but the sword was never ours to swing. Jesus, friend of sinners, the truth's become so hard to see. The world is on their way to you, but they're tripping over me. Always looking around but never looking up, I'm so double-minded. A plank-eyed saint with dirty hands and a heart divided. Oh, Jesus, friend of sinners, open our eyes to the world.
Shalom, shalom, brother, sister. We were humble this night. We have heavy hearts in this area here. As we saw the men in blue, our peace, peace officers, trying to watch over and make sure people are safe at a rally in Dallas, ungodly, evil men decided it was time to do an evil act. And that it, it just wakes you up to reality of how dangerous it is not to have a personal relationship with Yeshua Jesus. It doesn't matter what men says. It doesn't matter what the Pope says. It is more dangerous to be without Christ than it is to be with him. You have to know him. You have to know him personally. And now, as we see that our world is so dangerous now, that every day that we walk or we drive or whatever happens, you don't know. We're only a breath away from eternity. And that we have good news here that you can be prepared for eternity if you turn your life to Christ, if you give your life to him, that you open your heart to him, that you know him personally, that you know him from your heart, that you know that your life will reflect him. Praise his wonderful name. And I would ask each one of you to be praying and to pray for all the police officers and their families as it's getting to be very dangerous to be a man in blue. Amen? Hallelujah. Pray here before we get started. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus, O oh Lord. Lord, we come humbly before you in your mighty name. In understanding, in such a time as this, we need you. In understanding, this is the tip of the iceberg. And know that the days are dark and evil. But we know that you are in total control. And that these things were, were prophesied that they would happen. And Lord, that we trust you and look to you in this, such a time as this. We pray for Song 91 protection over police officers. And we pray that they understand they need to call out to you and their families. And Father, I pray for the brethren here. I thank you, Lord, that you've opened the Lord's Hour and blog talk, and you've made the chat room to go. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you for your favor and blessing here, Lord. We thank you that you're greater than he that's in the world. And, Lord, there's victory in Jesus over the defeated enemy and all his cohorts and demons, and evil spirits, and principalities, by the power of the name of Jesus, Yeshua, Jesus, hallelujah, and Lord, that we would be covered by the power of your blood, hallelujah, as the enemy sees the blood, he knows he's defeated, glory to God, the blood that washes away sin, the blood that defeated Satan, death, hell, and the grave, hallelujah, by the resurrection power of Christ, hallelujah, as the light shines bright, Lord, that you shine, and I pray that you shine within our life. In the name of Jesus, amen. Shine, Jesus.
face of the darkness shining Jesus, light of the world, shine upon us Set us free by the truth you now bring us Shine on me Shine on me Shine, Jesus, shine
Amen. Praise the Lord. Brothers and sisters, with all the evil and tragedies going on right here close to home in Dallas, uh, ongoing in Israel, uh, we was very encouraged uh, by email of a ministry that we support, and they're sharing what's been happening. And I can tell you, in the promised land, the promised one, Yeshua Jesus, is alive and well and working. There was a story, I mean a testimony, excuse me, not a story, but a testimony of a young man coming to the Messianic ministries of House of Carmel, Hala Carmel. They're on Mount Carmel, which we know of in the Bible. And this young man, since he was a little boy, was, uh, was deaf. And one of the evangelists at this ministry reached out by writing down the gospel and sharing about Yeshua Jesus. And this young man received Yeshua Jesus as his Savior and Lord. And then they prayed for the young man, and the Lord touched him. And now he can hear. And as he went back to his hometown, the parents and family the first time heard him speaking hallelujah. For the Lord is able. And then there was another man that they prayed for to receive of the Holy Spirit. And they prayed for him. And when he was in the, uh, the uh, floating on the Dead Sea, he began speaking in tongues. Hallelujah. So the Lord is alive and well. Even with tragedy, our God is in control. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. So we will continue with our lesson, Yeshua, Jesus, Savior, and King. Hallelujah. And now we will finish up with understanding that Yeshua, Jesus, is the Savior. If you have your Bibles, your uh, Bible apps, or uh, on your computer, Bible Gateway, or whatever you use, turn to 1 Timothy 1.1. We are using the Amplified. The Lord has put it on our hearts that the Word of God needs to be amped up and that people can see the truth even more. Hallelujah. 1 Timothy 1.1. Misleading in doctrine and living, Paul, an apostle, special messenger, personally chosen representative of Christ Jesus by the commandment of God, our Savior, and of Christ Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed, our hope, the fulfillment of our salvation. Our fulfillment of our salvation? Whose salvation? Not, I, not us, but our salvation through who? Hallelujah. Yeshua Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Lord Jesus, our Savior and Lord. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 10. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 10. But now that extraordinary purpose and grace has been fully disclosed and realized by us through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who through his incarnation and earthly ministry Abolish death, hallelujah, making it null and void. Now, we know what null and void means, amen, and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. 
shine, Jesus, shine. Amen. Glory to God in the highest for this. When you truly realize what this means to us who love him, trust him, and believe in him, you will shout and praise his name. Yeshua, Jesus, amen. Go to Titus 2.13. Awaiting and confidently expecting the fulfillment of our blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. Amen. As Titus, we too are waiting and hoping for Yeshua, Jesus, to come for us. Amen. All right, let's move on to Titus 3, verses 4 through 7. Titus 3, verses 4 through 7. But when the goodness and kindness of God, our Savior, and his love for mankind appeared in human form as a man, Jesus Christ, he saved us not because of any works of righteousness that we have done, but because of his own compassion and mercy. By cleansing of the new birth, spiritual transformation, regeneration, and the renewing by the Holy Spirit whom he poured out richly upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that we would be justified, made free of the guilt of sin, hallelujah, by his compassionate, undeserved grace, that we be, would be acknowledged as acceptable to him and made heirs of eternal life actually experiencing it. According to our hope, his guarantee. Wow. So much power and truth through Yeshua Jesus' words given by the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, brothers and sisters, this word here uh, in the Amplified guarantee. Have you ever heard these days lately of lifetime guarantee? Oh, listen to this. Now, what kind of lifetime guarantee do we have through Yeshua Jesus? Eternal, not just this temporal world, but eternal, amen, not just temporal life. This is a true life guaranteed, amen. Didn't Jesus bring life? Isn't he the word of life? Time guaranteed through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. By faith. Let's go to Jude 1, Jude 1, verse 25. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power before all time and now and forever. Amen? Jude makes it very clear that the only God, our Savior, Yeshua, Jesus. Amen? Now, go to Revelation 21, verse 7. Revelations 21, verse 7. He who overcomes the world by adhering faithfully to Christ Jesus our Lord and Savior will inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. Hallelujah! A great promise from our Savior, Yeshua Jesus. Amen? So now we will look at him 
as deliverer. My deliverer is coming. My deliverer is standing by. Amen. Isaiah 61.1. Isaiah 61.1. Spirit of the Lord, God, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed and commissioned me to bring good news to the humble and afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the wounds of the brokenhearted, to proclaim the release from confinement and condemnation. That's where the devil wants you. That's where the devil wants you, brothers and sisters. This is not where the Lord wants you. Don't listen to that lie that you are condemned in condemnation. Therefore, Romans 8.1, therefore, there is no condemnation. Those who walk after the spirit and not the flesh, that's the key to it. You have to know the word of God, and you have to live it and do it what the word of God tells you how to do it. Not by your own wisdom, not by man's wisdom. No, it's all right, baby. I just, I just, I just, uh, I just uh, brought that one. You know, the Spirit brought that one. Amen. It's okay. Uh, Romans, we're in Isaiah sixty-one-one. There. Okay, but you understand that Jesus has come to set people free, because see, by what this word says, you're in confinement, you're in prison, you're in condemnation because of your lost state. You're in the prison of the evil taskmaster, Satan. And the Lord Jesus, Yeshua Jesus, is the only one who can set you free. Amen? To proclaim release from the confinement and condemnation to the physical and spiritual captives. And freedom to prisoners. Hallelujah. That was prophesied before Yeshua Jesus was born. Now, let's look. When it is fulfilled, Jesus' public ministry. Go to Luke 4. Oh, glory to God. I tell you, when God says, speaks his word, it will be fulfilled. Luke 4, verses 14 through 19. Verse 14. Then Jesus went back to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And the news about him spread through the entire region. And he began teaching in their synagogues and was praised and glorified and honored by all. So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and was his custom. He entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. Verse 18. The spirit. Nobody. What? Well, no, I was through uh, uh, 14 through 19. Verse 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, the Messiah, because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to announce Release, pardon, forgiveness to the captives, and the recovery of the sight of the blind, and to set free those 
who are pressed, down, trodden, bruised, crushed by tragedy. Did we just have that happen here locally? Did we just have that happen here locally? So he's here to set free who are pressed, downtrodden, bruised, and crushed. Call after him. Verse 19. To proclaim the favorable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and the favor of God abide greatly. Abound greatly. Amen? Yeshua Jesus, the great deliverer of the ones captive of the devil. Amen? He is still he still is. You out there feel or sense you are in captivity of your mind or heart or even your life? Reach out to our deliverer. Call on him, Yeshua Jesus, for deliverance. He is the only one who can truly deliver you from the devil in your flesh. Amen. Now we will see him, Yeshua Jesus, as Lord. Amen. Lord, number five, Luke 11, verse one, glory to God. Luke 11, verse one. Instruction about prayer. It happened that while Jesus was praying in a certain place, after he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John also taught his disciples. His disciples recognized him as Lord. Amen. John 21, 21, verse 15. The love motivation. So when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these others do with total commitment and devotion? He said to him, yes, Lord. You know that I love you with deep personal affection as for a close friend. Jesus said to him, feed my lamb. Peter, after denying him three times, here, after his resurrection, recognized him as Lord. Amen. Acts 59. Acts 7, verse 59. Praise his wonderful name. The Lord, they continue stoning Stephen as he called on the Lord and said, Lord Jesus, receive and accept and welcome my spirit. Amen. Praise God. Stephen, the first martyr for his Lord, Yeshua Jesus, through 17. Acts 8, verses 14 through 17. Verse 14, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. They came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus as his possession. Then Peter and John laid hands on them one by one, and they received the Holy Spirit. You want to know him more than just Savior? 
you want to know him as Lord, then you have to receive the Holy Spirit just like these believers did in Samaria. Amen? Yeshua Jesus is Lord for the Jews and Gentiles. These two scriptures show this. Acts 13, verse 39. Acts 13, verse 39. And through him, everyone who believes, who acknowledges Jesus as Lord and Savior and follows him is justified and declared free of guilt from all things from which you could not be justified and free of guilt through the law of Moses. In Acts 13, verse 48, when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying, praising and giving thanks for the word of the Lord and all those who have been appointed, designated, ordained to eternal life by God, believe in Jesus as the Christ and their Savior. Amen. Glory to God. Yeshua, Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise his name. Romans 1, verse 4. Romans 1, verse 4. And as his divine nature, according spirit of holiness, was openly designated to be the Son of God with power in a triumphant and miraculous way by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Romans 8, verse 1. Oh, there it is, baby. It is in my lesson. <laughs> Amen. Romans 8, verse 1. Escape from bondage. Hallelujah. Therefore, there is no condemnation, no guilty verdict, no punishment for those who are in Christ Jesus, who believe in him as personal Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah on that one too. Hallelujah. Let's go to Romans 10, verse 9. Romans 10, verse 9. Because if you acknowledge and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, recognize that his power, authority, and majesty as God, and believe in your heart that Christ raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's God's promise, not mine. That is God's promise, and that's his word that I'm speaking. Amen? Hallelujah. Going down the Roman road to know him as Yeshua, Jesus, as Savior and Lord. Amen? Now, let's move to 1 Corinthians. 15, verse 57, praise God. Hallelujah. Getting the drink here. Nope, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57, amen? But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory as conquerors through our Lord Jesus Christ for the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise his wonderful name. Victory in Jesus. Hallelujah. My Savior for what? Forever. Hallelujah. Philippians 3, verse 8. Philippians 3, verse 8. 
But more than that, I count everything as loss compared to the priceless privilege and the supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord and of the growing more deeply and thoroughly acquainted with him a joy unequal. Me and Sis Brenda can testify to this. Oh, what a joy it is to know Yeshua Jesus, to know him as Lord and Savior, to hear his still small voice, to know him, what he loves and what he hates, what he rejoices over and what he gets sad about. Oh, to know him more and more. Oh, to know him more and more. Amen. For his sake, I have lost everything, and I consider it all garbage, so that I may gain Christ. Amen. Us too, Lord, like Paul. Us too, Lord, like Paul. Go to Colossians, chapter 2, verse 6. Colossians, chapter 2, verse 6. Therefore, as you receive Christ, Jesus the Lord, walk in union with him, reflecting his character in the things you do and say, living lives that lead others away from sin. Let us represent our Lord Yeshua Jesus well. Amen. Now, let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8. Remember Jesus Christ, the ever-living Lord who has risen from the dead as the prophesied king descended from David, king of Israel, according to my gospel, the good news that I preach. Amen. Great truth here. And make him the only risen Savior, the only risen Lord, and the only risen King. You can go to the tombs or the mausoleum of others, so-called Savior or King. There is a tomb for Muhammad. There is a tomb for Mao Tsung. There is a tomb for Stalin and Hitler and many other so-called saviors and kings. There is tombs and mausoleum for popes and other great men and women of this world. People followed and worshipped. But they are all dead and gone, and their remains are still there. Not Yeshua Jesus. Oh, no. He is a resurrected Savior and Lord, the only resurrected king. You can go to his tomb. It is empty. Hallelujah. It is empty. Praise his name. He is not dead. Glory to God. He is alive. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lord in the highest. If you have not seen risen, I would encourage you to see it. It deals with, with a person who did not believe in him at all, but came face to face with the risen Lord. Check it out. Amen? First Peter chapter 1, verse 3. First Peter chapter 1. Gratefully praised and adored be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
who according to his abundant and boundless, boundless, hallelujah, mercy, has caused us to be born again. Thank you, Lord. That is, to be reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, set apart for his purpose, to an ever-living hope, confident assurance through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Amen? Glory to God. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 8. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 8. For as these qualities are yours and are increasing in you as you grow toward spiritual maturity, they will keep you from being useless and unproductive in regard to the true knowledge and greater understanding of our Lord Jesus Christ. When we truly know him, Yeshua Jesus, and we start to mature, not being babes anymore, then we are to do what Peter tells us here. Amen? The next thing that Yeshua Jesus is, judge. Judge. Matthew, it's interesting, in the seven uh, different uh, characters of God, maybe, or what he is, you know what number six is? Judge. What is six? usually deal with it, deals with men in judgment, doesn't it? Amen? Matthew 7, verse 22. Matthew 7, verse 22. Many will say to me on that day, when I judge them, because he is the righteous judge, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and driven out demons in your name and done many miracles in your name? Amen. Yeshua Jesus will judge. John 5, verse 30. John 5, verse 30. I can do nothing on my own initiative or authority. Just as I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just, fair, righteous, unbiased. Because I do not seek my own will but only the will of him who sent me. He is the righteous judge. Amen? John 8, verse 16. John 8, verse 16. But even if I do judge, my judgment is true, and my decision is right, for I am not alone in making it, but I and the Father who sent me Make the same judgment. Amen? Hallelujah. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are as one in unity. Amen? Verse 42. He commanded us to preach to the people, both Jew and Gentile, and to solemnly testify that he is the one who has been appointed and ordained by God as judge of the living and the dead. Yeshua, Jesus, appointed to judge of the living and the dead. Amen? Acts 17, verse 31. Acts 17, verse 31. This is one of the scriptures that Minister Paul had tonight, babe. Because he has set a day when he will judge the inhabited world in righteousness 
by a man who has appointed and destined for that task, and he has provided credible proof to everyone by raising him from the dead. Again, Paul speaking about Yeshua, Jesus, amen. Romans 2, verse 16. Romans 2, verse 16. On that day, as my gospel proclaims, God will judge the secret, all the hidden thoughts and concealed sins of men through Christ Jesus. Amen. You can't hide from God. Who do you think you are? You think what you do in the dark is not seen? You think you get in some back room or somewhere, it's not seen? Oh, yes. He's all seeing. He can see. He can hear. He hears our hearts and our minds. He hears our thoughts. He sees our deeds in the day or in the night. Amen? Second Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians, chapter 2, verse 12. In order that all may be judged and condemned who did not believe the truth, their sin, and the need of salvation through Christ, but instead took pleasure in unrighteousness. God have mercy. It's very clear in this one scripture that they did not believe the truth. The truth is to know that you are a sinner and that you need for salvation through Christ, through repentance, and asking God to forgive you and uh, make you be born again and come back in fellowship with him. Amen? Second Timothy 4.1. Second Timothy 4.1. Preach the word. I solemnly, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead by his appearing and his kingdom. This is why we come here and share, because judgment from the judge, Yeshua Jesus, is coming very soon. I plead with you, teach and preach the word of God. You want to meet Yeshua Jesus as Savior and Lord, not as judge for your life of sin. God have mercy. Let me say that again. You want to meet Yeshua Jesus as Savior and Lord, not as judge for your life of sin. Amen? Let's go to 2 Timothy, same chapter, verse 8. Same chapter, verse 8, baby. 
to those who believe and trust him as Savior and Lord. Amen. Glory to his wonderful name. What great promises from his word. Amen. Hallelujah. Be encouraged. We have hope. We fear not the bullets flying in the daytime at night. Oh, no, or the arrows in the day. It says a thousand can fall to your uh, to your left side and ten thousand on your right, but it won't come nigh thee because we are protected by the Holy One, the glorious Lord and Savior, Yeshua Jesus. Amen. Hebrews ten verse thirty. Hebrews ten verse thirty. For we know who said, "Vengeance is mine, retribution and deliverance of justice rest with me." Oh, hallelujah. I will repay the wrongdoer. And again, the Lord will judge his people. Hebrews 12, verse 23. Hebrews 12, verse 23. And to the general assembly, in the assembly of the firstborn, who are registered as citizens in heaven, and to God, who is judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous, the redeemed in heaven, and who have been made perfect, bringing them to the final glory, Yeshua Jesus, judge of all. Amen? That was Hebrews 12, verse 23. And I tell you, look at this. Do you see what I see? Do you see the vision of this? This is all the redeemed. This is everybody coming together as we stand or we kneel before the great judge, the righteous judge, Yeshua Jesus. You see that picture, baby? Hallelujah. That's a picture in heaven. That's the, you know, the coming down to the grand, the grand finale, the great should, should crescendo, isn't it? Glory to God. Wow. Thank you, Lord, for that picture and that vision. Glory. Hallelujah. That's overwhelming. That's powerful. Hallelujah. Hebrews 13, verse 4. Hebrews 13, verse 4. Marriage is to be held in honor, and among all, that is right, uh, regarded as something of great value. And the marriage bed undefiled by the immorality or by any sexual sin. God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. This, yes, is talking about our marriages here, but it is also talking about the bride of Christ should not be in bed with religion or the world. Amen? Amen. I know it's tough, but it's true. It's true. Tough love. Tough love. We got to hear what God is saying. And we've been hearing it from a lot of men and women of God in messages about let go of this world. Time to let the, uh, I mean, the purse spring or let go of this world. The thing, hmm? April's 50, baby. Purse string. I mean, April's April spring. <laughs> purse spring. I don't know where I got that one. April, I mean, apron spring of this world. Oh, let go, let go, let go. And what are we supposed to do, baby? Cling. Cling to Jesus. Oh, hang on to the Lord. Be like the woman of the issue of blood. Oh, if I can just reach out and touch his garment. Oh, I will be I will be healed and saved. Hallelujah. Praise God. Glory to God. 
Go ahead. Okay, okay. Revelation 19, verse 2. Glory to the Lord. Revelation 19. Oh, excuse me. Not there yet, but James 4, verse 12. James 4, verse 12. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and to destroy. The one God who has absolute power of life and death. But who are you to hypocritically or self-righteously pass judgment on your neighbor? Amen? So humbling. There is only one righteous judge. <laughs> who are not judges? Amen? Revelation 19, verse 2. Revelation 19, verse 2. Because his judgments are true and righteous, he has judged, convicted, pronounced sentence on the great prostitute, idolatrous, who was corrupting and ruining and poisoning the earth with her idolatry and idolatry and has imposed the penalty for the blood of his bond summons on her Amen. Praise the Lord, the righteous judge over the Babylonian mystery Babylonian whore. He will judge. Amen. Hallelujah. Revelation 19, verse 11. Glory to his wonderful name, the coming of Christ the conqueror. Hallelujah. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he who is riding, it is called he is called faithful and true, trustworthy, loyal, incorruptible, steady, and in his righteousness he judges and wages war on the rebellious nations. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to you, Yeshua Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So much truth coming out about Yeshua Jesus truly is. This should open your eyes and your heart. That he is, that he is the anointed one of God. He is the son of God. He is the savior and deliverer of the world. He is the righteous judge. Amazing, amen. Now, the last point, Yeshua Jesus is the king of glory. Hallelujah. The king of glory. Matthew 27, verse 11. Jesus before Pilate. Now Jesus stood before Pilate, the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? In affirmation, Jesus said to him, It is as you say. Amen. Hallelujah. Our king suffering and dying for us. John 18, verse 36. John 18, Verse 36, Jesus replied, My kingdom is not of this world, nor does it have its origin in this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would be fighting hard to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this world. Yeshua Jesus, his kingdom is not of this world. Amen. John 19, verses 17 
through 22, glory to us, one of my names. 17 through 22. So they took Jesus, and he went out, bearing his own cross, to the place, the place of the skull, which is called in Hebrew, Hebrew, Golgotha. Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on the other side, one on either side, and Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote an inscription on a place card and put it on the cross, and it is written, Jesus, the Nazarene, the King of the Jews. And many of the Jews read the inscription for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew and Latin and in Greek. Then the chief priest of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write, King of the Jews, but he said, I am the King of the Jews. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. Do you see what it says there? Glory to God, even by the words of the ones that rejected him and had him crucified. He said, right, I am king of the Jews? Well, yes, I am is the king of the Jews. Hallelujah. He is the great I am. Right there by the words of the chief priests even. Hallelujah. Do you see that, brothers and sisters? I am king of the Jews. Pilate replied, what I have written, I have written, and it remains written. Even a non-believer, Pilate, Recognize him as king. Amen. Glory to God in the highest. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 8. Remember Jesus Christ, the ever-living Lord who has risen from the dead as a prophesied king, descended from David, king of Israel, according to my gospel, the good news that I preach, Amen. Hallelujah. I'm with Paul. I'm with Paul. I am the sharing and preaching God's word. He is the living word. He is the one who brings life. We are servants. We are messengers. We are calling the clarion call right here. Glory to God. Jesus, Yeshua Jesus, is the king of glory. He is the king of the universe. Revelation 1, verse 5, hallelujah. Oh, you should just be getting excited. Glory to God, about ready to fly away, amen? And from Jesus Christ, the faithful and trustworthy witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to whom, I mean, to him who always love us, always, listen to this, brothers and sisters, to him who always love us, us, and who has once for all freed us, or washed us from our sins by his own blood, his sacrificial death. Glory to God. Fallen one, the deceiver, would have you think he is a ruler of the kings of the earth, but it's by God's word, it is King Yeshua, Jesus, amen, hallelujah. Let's get that right. Hallelujah. He is the king of the universe. He is the king over this work of this earth. And he is the king over heaven and earth. Hallelujah. He is the king of glory. 
He is a resurrected king. Hallelujah. Revelation 17, verse 14. Revelation 17, verse 14. Victory for the Lamb. They will wage war against the Lamb of God. And the Lamb will triumph and conquer them because he is Lord of lords and King of kings. And as those who are with him and on his side are called chosen, elect, and faithful. Hallelujah. Victory and King Yeshua Jesus. Amen. Revelation 19, verse 16. Revelation 19, verse 16. And on his robe, oh, glory to his name, and on his thigh, he has a name inscribed. King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah. King Yeshua Jesus. King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. So we have seen truthful evidence from the word of God that Yeshua Jesus is the promised one, the son of the living God, the savior, the deliverer, our Lord, our judge, and our glorious King. Amen? So clear. This is what Yeshua, Jesus, wanted me to share to you. So there is no question who he is. Amen? Finish with this. Be like Christ, brothers and sisters. Be like Christ. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. Let me get a drink as I share these powerful words. Great revelation for us, the body of Christ. Amen. Therefore, if there is any encouragement and comfort in Christ, as there certainly is an abundance. Amen, there is. If there's any consolation of love, if there's any fellowship that we share in the spirit, if there's any great depth of affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, having the same love toward one another, knit together in spirit, intent on one purpose, and living a life that reflects your faith and spreads the gospel good news regarding salvation through faith in Christ. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit through factional motives or strife, but with an attitude of humility, being neither arrogant nor self-righteous. Regard others as more important than ourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Having this same attitude in yourself, which was in Christ Jesus, look to him as your example in selfless humility, who, although he existed in the form an unchanging essence of God as one with him possessing the fullness of all divine attributes, the entire nature of deity did not regard equality.
equality with God, a thing to be grasped or asserted, as if he did not already possess it, or was afraid of losing it, but emptied himself without renouncing or diminishing his deity, but only temporarily giving up the outward expression of his divine equality and his rightful dignity by assuming the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. He became completely human, but was without sin, being fully God and fully man. After he was found in terms of his outward appearance as a man for a divinely appointed time, he humbled himself still further by becoming obedient to the Father to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason also, because he obeyed and so completely humbled himself, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in submission and of those who are in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess and openly acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, sovereign God, to glory of God the Father, amen, all glory to you, Yeshua, Jesus. Jesus, only Jesus. I think I did. Is, is it, 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 I know. Let me, I, I might put it, let's see. Is it available, Jesus, only Jesus? Should be if I downloaded it. Amen. Yeah, it changed that. Uh, amen.
Hello? Sorry, everybody can hear me? Hi, everybody. Revelation 19, 1 through 9. And we'll be going back and forth through this, so we'll just go ahead and do all of it once and then uh, just keep it in mind. Revelation 19, 1 through 9. And after these things, I heard a great voice of the people in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments. And he hath judged the whole, the great whore, which did corrupt the earth with her fortification and hath avenged the blood of his servants on her hand, at her hand. And again, they say, hallelujah, and her smoke rose up forever and ever. And the four and the 20 elders and the four beasts fell down and worshiped God that sat at the throne saying, amen, hallelujah. And a voice came from the throne saying, praise our God, all you his servants. And ye that fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it was, were a voice of the great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice. Give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife has made herself ready, and, and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. Fine linen is the righteousness of saints. And he said unto me, Right, blessed are those which call unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And the saint, and he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We all know that weddings can be spectacular. Thousands of dollars spent trying to produce a perfect moment in time that will join a couple together in marital bliss. Typically, the church is decorated to the hilt. The bride is replenished in her pure white wedding dress, and the groom stands nervously at the front of the church. It is a special moment in the lives of those two individuals, and for the people who know and love them, Weddings here on earth, sometimes weddings can simply be a spectacle. It, I could tell you some horror stories, but that's another story. And we won't, and we, who, who can forget the twisted tale of Jennifer Wilbanks, the runaway bride from Duluth, Georgia, who faked a kidnapping and was found in Albuquerque, Thankful, thankfully, most weddings turn out better than that. Everyone who has a wedding is looking for one thing, a marriage made in heaven. I just want to look, you to know that while some marriages seem to be made in heaven, they are still, they are, have to be lived here out on earth to make most of them less than perfect. Not ours, baby. <laughs> Or 
In, in the these nine verses, they glean a story of glory of heaven. We're going to talk about a wedding, about a wedding today. Not just any wedding, but the marriage supper of the Lamb. This wedding will be a time of great joy for all the redeemed people of God. You see, Amen. for the church, the end times shape up like this. In the rapture, we will be caught up at the judgment seat of Christ. We will be cleaned up at the marriage supper of the Lamb. We will be cheered up this event as we want to went to the park for the park for a while today. I want to talk about a marriage made in heaven. If you're saved, I want you to know that there are some blessed days ahead of you. If you're lost, I want you to know that you need to get ready to meet the Lord. He is coming, and he is coming for his people. The rest rest will be left behind to endure the tribulation and face the fires of hell. Now, let's take a journey to glory today and look on in our future. I want to, to point out the blessings contained in the past, in these passages as I try to talk on the marriage made in heaven. Uh, verses 1 through 6, the exaltation, exaltation of a Savior. Typically, a wedding is followed by celebration. The time before a wedding is usually filled with tremendous stress and many hours of preparation time. It took me and Buddy a year. Okay, me. Okay, it took me a year. (laughs) While it was a happy time for those involved, it is anything but a time of celebration. In heaven, things are different. It seems from the past, this passage, that heaven rejoices before and after the wedding. I like that. The cause of all this rejoicing was mentioned in verse, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the lamb is come and his wife has made herself ready. And it seems like the marriage of the lamb is a catalyst for heaven's anthem of praise. Those in heaven lift their voice for four hallelujahs that filled the heaven with praise. The hallelujah of God's salvation. Heaven praises the Lord for all he has done for them. The cross, the blood, the empty grave. They are saved. They are in heaven and they have a reason to shout. Years ago in Wales, there lived a man by the name of Billy Bray. He was an old time shouter. Many people who heard him heard him shout used to rebuke him for praising the Lord so loudly and so often. Whenever they came, they would try to stop him. Old Billy would respond by saying, I can't help it. God has been so good to me. With every step I take, I remember his glory. He said, I put my right foot down and it says hallelujah. I put my left foot down, and it says amen. With that, Billy Bray would march off shouting, hallelujah, and amen. With every step he took, 
Billy Bray knew that God deserved praise for his salvation, and so he freely gives it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Second hallelujah is the hallelujah of God's sentence. The residents of heaven praise the Lord for, for, for executing his judgment upon the lost. Sin, sinful and rebellious world, they know that his judgment is fair. They are right and they are perfect. Therefore, they praise his name. Least we forget, we are serving a God who has already won the war with evil. Thank God, the Lord, and as a result, his people came out on top of all this. That is enough to shout about now. Third hallelujah is a hallelujah of God's sovereignty. If you take time to look at the book of Revelation, these 24 elders who were mentioned show up six times in Revelation. In 410, 58, 514, 711, 1116, and 94. And every time they do, they are doing the same thing. Falling on their faces and worshiping the Lord. Just to let you in on a secret, those 20, 24 elders, they represent the redeemed of God. If you are saved, picture, then they picture you. Well, why are they praising the Lord so much? Because in heaven, they are finally free from the limitations of the flesh, and they can seek God like he really is. They are no longer afraid of us or ashamed to worship him. But now they are ready, willing, and able to fall down before the Lamb of God and shout his praises. If it ever dawned on us the reality of all God is, of all he has done for us, and of all of ours is ours as his children, there isn't a saved person in the world that wouldn't shout himself forth today. One day we will, but it, we won't get hoarse. Fourth hallelujah. The hallelujah of God's sovereignty. God's supremacy, excuse me. Then they praised the Lord for his reign. They, glor they glorified the Lord that at last he is honored, exalted, and worshipped by all his creation. Thank God there is coming a day when the Lord will have the glory and honor he deserves all the time. Look forward to being in that number when we stand around the throne and lift Lift our hallelujahs to the glory of God. I want to call your attention to verse 4 again. There are two heavenly words mentioned here in, that you need to look at for a moment. They are amen and hallelujah. Okay. On verse 4. And the four and the 24 elders and the four beasts fell down and worshiped God and they that sat on the throne saying, Amen, Hallelujah. Okay. They are um, the word Amen is a word signifying agreement with and approval of the word of God. 
When amen appears at the beginning of a sentence, it means truly. This word was used by Jesus in many occasions. When it is spoken concerning the words uttered by another, it means I agree or so so be it. Amen is said at the most said to be the most widely known word in the world. The word hallelujah in the Hebrew word meaning praise the Lord is it is used only one time in the New Testament and it was to give honor and glory to the Lamb. It is heaven's praise word. I just want to say that if you want to won't if you want excuse me. I just want to say that if you and I intend to be in tune with heaven, then we need to learn to use a little heavenly language. Therefore, learn to say amen and hallelujah. It is all right to praise the Lord. If something blesses your heart, your heart, amen. And if the Lord is moving your soul, just try hallelujah. I will guarantee you one thing, it won't hurt you. I realize that we live in a in a day when people frown on old time worship of the Lord. I mean, it's all right for people to sing the hallelujah chorus, but if they shout, they are considered nuts and fanatics. I just want you to know that the old-fashioned praising and glorifying God never, ever get, goes out of style. Amen. Now, let's go to the excitement of the supper. This marriage made in heaven will be the consummation of some very important and powerful events. The excitement of the completed plan. Notice the word is come seven. These words apply a sense of relief that is a long anticipated event that finally arrives. Nothing could be truer. At this moment, God's plan uh, for the ages is finally complete. Since man sinned in the Garden of Eden, Eden, God has been working to bring man back into fellowship with him. This was accomplished when Jesus died on the cross for the sins of humanity. Now, all those who place their faith in Jesus are saved by the grace of God and brought nigh unto him. While many may be saved, they're still not in the very presence of God in heaven. On this day, that will change. This is the moment when Jesus gets to receive his bride unto himself. This will be the most special moment in all the history of creation. It will be the moment that when the lamb takes his bride unto himself, By the way, did you notice that at this wedding, the groom and not the bride is the center of tension? Down here, everything is on hold until they start playing the wedding march and the bride, the center of tension, makes her way down the aisle. In heaven, things are just a little different. It's not the bride, but it's the groom, the Lord Jesus, who is the center of tension. If that happened here, there would be plenty of some angry women. <laughs> However, over there, it won't matter at, in the least. In fact, 
I think it will be the bride herself who gives him the most attention. The excitement of a completed presentation. It might help us to understand a little of the background for weddings of this type. Oriental weddings, there are typically three stages. There, there was the betrothal stage, the presentation stage, and the celebration stage. The betrothal stage was, this is something like what we know in the West as an engagement. However, the major difference lies in the fact that this was a binding agreement. When a couple was betrothed, they were considered married. There was no getting out of it except through a divorce or death. Even though the couple did not dwell together or share the marriage bed, they were nonetheless married. Another difference was the marriage partners and the marriage themselves were usually arranged by bride and groom. You didn't even get to pick your mate. Love was not usually the basis for marriage. You didn't marry for love. You loved the one who you married. Many can learn a lesson from that today. I can see great danger in that too also. The bride of Christ is in the midst of the betrothal period right now. We have been picked by our the Heavenly Father, and we are married to Jesus right now. We are just waiting to go to him. The presentation stage. When the time of the wedding arrived, the father of the groom would send the bridegroom and his friends to the bride's home, get her and bring her back to the groom's house, which he had prepared for her with great celebration and joy, where gifts would be exchanged and marriage would be consummated, and the couple would begin their life together. That is what we are waiting on today. We are married. We are waiting for the on the bridegroom to come and call his bride to come meet him. Amen. Friends, that day is coming. Hallelujah. Are you ready to meet him when he comes? Woohoo! Amen. Now the festival stage. Following the wedding, the couple the the couple, their friends, and their family enter a time of celebration. We will deal, we will deal with that, though, in a little more depth in a few moments. The excitement of the completed preparation. Notice that the next text says, "His wife has made herself ready." Amen. Typically, Oriental brides prepared their own wedding garments. It could be as elaborate or as simple as they chose it to make it. Usually it consisted of two pieces. One, an inner garment called a tunic, and two, the outer garment called a toga. It was the bride's responsibility for the wedding. You and I need to understand that we are to prepare ourselves for the day of the coming as well. You see in verse 8 says that the bride of Christ will be clothed in white linen and that the linen is the righteousness of the saints. 
I take that to imply that how how simply and how elaborate we are dressed may depend on the kind of life we lived while we were in this world. Let me illustrate. There are three kinds of righteousness that a person can have. Personal righteousness. This is the righteousness you can produce all by yourself. It is basically evil, but it is basically evil. No good at all can come from it. Isaiah 64, 6. In our own righteousness, we are literally dressed in rags for the Lord. Then there's provided righteousness. This is the righteousness we are given when we trust in Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. 2 Corinthians 5, 21 and Romans 3, 22, 21 22. This refers to the tunic, our inner garment. We have been provided with a spotless inner garment of righteousness. Then there's practical righteousness. This is the righteousness we live out each day as we are in the world. It refers to how we conduct ourselves, how well we and how we use the opportunities, gifts, responsibilities, and privileges we are given as children of God. This speaks of the outer garment or the toga that the world sees. It is pure speculation, but how well we are dressed at the wedding may depend on how we live here. It it may be just that the wedding garment we are handed out at, handed out at the judgment seat of Christ. Matthew twenty two twenty one one through twelve that we reflect how that we how well we lived our life here below. It is something to do worth thinking about anyway. Whatever the scenario that is played out here, the fact remains that the bride has made a, the, the proper preparation and that she is ready for the wedding. This means that the faith that she placed in Jesus was not misplaced. It means that all her trials and struggles are behind her. It means that she has trusted the Lord to save her, and he has. She is home. She is loved. And she is ready to enter into the joy of her Lord. What a day that will be. In verse 9-10, the expectation of the saints. This this wedding doesn't end well with a couple, excuse me. This wedding doesn't end with a couple coming together to live. But this this wedding will continue with a with a celebration like nothing this universe has ever seen. Let me let me just suggest a few brief thoughts. The guests at at the wedding supper, there will be guests at the heavenly wedding. Who? Well, it will be the Old Testament saints. It will be a group made up of Jews and Gentiles who were saved before Pentecost. That would be quite an assembly. And there will be the glory of the wedding supper. After an, or, after an oriental wedding, there was always a celebration. The length and all depended on the wealth of the bridegroom. Which, When rich men married, their wedding celebrations 
might last up to seven days. And our Lord being the richest of all, I I say this will be a very elaborate wedding. Many of you can remember the 1981 wedding of Charles, the Prince of Wales, and Lady Diana Spencer. It was a spectacular and an enormous cost of billions and billions of people watched the royal wedding. However, that wedding was doomed. Later, the world got to watch the same wedding collapse as as public, publicly as it had begun. Friend, I'm tell I'm trying to tell you about a a real royal wedding. It is a wedding that will be attended by more people than any other in history. It will be a wedding that will might be more extravagant than any in history. It will it is a wedding that will produce a marriage that will last longer than any in history. And it will be a royal real royal wedding. The groom at the wedding supper in a typical Oriental wedding celebration, the groom would mingle with the guests to be sure that everyone has every need met. Imagine what it will be in the presence of the Lord Jesus and have him be occupied with seeing that our joy is full. Jesus will actually serve his people on that day. Luke twelve thirty seven. My, what is almost beyond the grasp of my, my, grasp of my mind. I can imagine that I can, I can imagine the society page in the New Jerusalem Times the next day. It might read something like this: Yesterday, the Lamb of God took His bride unto Himself in a service presided over by the Heavenly Father. The bride was dressed in garments of glorious white, and she and she spotless and without blemish. The groom was clothed in in glory as His custom. The angelic hosts lifted their voices together and praised the name of the Most High God, while the cherubims and the seraphims hovered overhead, crying, Holy, holy, holy. After the service, the couple left heaven and returned to earth for a thousand-year honeymoon. When they returned, they planned to spend eternity together in the palaces of heaven. My friend, are you ready for the wedding in the sky? There will be a... Marriage made in heaven someday, but only the redeemed are invited. Does that include you? If not, it can. Please come to Jesus and be saved today. For those who are going, consider for a moment how you are preparing for that day. What kind of garments will you be wearing when you stand there at the royal wedding? The time to prepare is today. The place to prepare is here. The person who is to prepare is you. Will you come and let the Lord work in your life? Amen. 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 Pure bride. Pure bride. Oh, holy wedding day would be great. Pure bride. 
Yes. It, we have time for both. Coming for a pure bride Children 
if you turn it. The other thing, oh, glory to God, this anointed song, Holy Wednesday. Amen. This is the story of the Son of God hanging on a cross for me. But it ends with a bride and a groom in a wedding by a glassy sea. Oh, death, where is your stain? Cause I'll be there singing Holy Holy Oh, mm-hmm. 
144, 11 and 12. Rescue me and deliver me from the hand of foreigners whose mouth speak lying words and whose right hand is at the hand of falsehood that our, that, that our sons may be plants grown up in their youth and that our daughters may be as pillars sculptured in palace style. This is a parent's plea to be delivered from the deceitful influence of the ungodly so that he can be a good role model for his offspring. Children normally imitate their parents. If we succeed in hearing bearing fruit for the kingdom, our children are more likely to do the same. Both sons and daughter become as plants grown up in their youth. In other words, having been planted in the truth at an early age, they need to mature spiritually in a more rapid pace. Timothy, as a, as a pastor in the early church, said, Apparently, was quite and was apparently quite young. We assume this because Paul told him, "Let no one despise your youth." Four twelve. He must have developed a God quickly in God quickly because from childhood he knew the Holy Scriptures. Genesis genuine faith was evidence in him for the first. For, for it first resided in his grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice, a wonderful legacy was passed to him. I was witness to many times of ministry-minded families. There is no great modern-day example than Pastor Tom Barrett, a friend and greatly admired who started preaching in his teens. He watched his own father minister to the poor and downtrodden for years. He admired, he, he admits, some things are taught, some are caught. I really, I, I really caught my God-givenness from my dad. Now, Pastor Tom, Tommy has passed the torch to his children, and they have grown into mature plants. Matthew Barnett, pastor at Dream, Six, uh, Dream Center in Los Angeles, incredible church that has become a model, model worldwide for 24-7 ministry, especially to the poor and the oppressed. May your child also catch your passion for God and become a mature plant at an early age. Prayer declaration. Lord God, Help me to walk in genuine faith. Then, re, then repro, re, reproduce the, the same to my sons and my daughters. Yes. I have, I have planted Joshua and Emma, Scotty, April, Jessica, Bobby, and Veronica in the house of the Lord. Yes. Therefore, in Scripture promises. I expect them to flourish 
in the things of God. Awaken in my children an understanding that earthly things are temporary and heavenly things are eternal. And give them a desire for these things to endure forever. I confess that Joshua, Emma, Scotty, April, and Jessica, Bobby, Veronica, their spouses, and their children will mature to God at an early age, even as Hannah planted her son Samuel to God, God's house, and he became a mature plant early on life, receiving supernatural visitations as a young boy. So it let, so let it be for my children in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God, brother. Harder than a lie. The dark seems safer than the light. And everyone has a heart that loves to hide. I'm a mess, and so are you. We've built walls nobody can get through. Yeah, it may be hard, but the best thing we
think it's something that I think people might be interested in hearing again. Okay. Can everybody hear me? Is it good? Okay. I'm going to read this deal about what are the odds surrounding Jesus Christ and who he was and who was this child really? Okay. Um, has everybody ever seen the odds of playing the Mega Millions? It's like a bazillion to one to get all 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 six numbers. I'm go- I'm going to read you this this little thing. Uh, it's a little commentary. Anyway, recently I purchased a book called entitled "What Are the Odds Are." It's an A to Z co- collection of the odds on everything you'd ever hoped or feared could happen. For instance, did you know the odds of you being injured by lightning strike on any given day are one in twenty two hundred and fifty million? But over the average lifetime, you are one in 9,100. 9, in contrast, the odds that every citizen in Washington, D.C. will get plugged, stabbed, poisoned, or bludgeoned to death in the course of a year is only one in 681. So, one in 10 Americans could read the Bible. So, one in 10 Americans read the Bible daily. One and two eat out everywhere every single day for a week. So so that's one in 20 at McDonald's, so so forth. So, I'll, all right, I'm going to skip some of this. If you still happen to be unconvinced that the baby born in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago was anything more than just an ordinary human baby, let me challenge you with a few odds in this regard. To begin with, did you know that the Old Testament prophet Micah, Micah, excuse me, writing to 700 BC out of the hundreds and hundreds of cities and the scores and scores of nations in existence over the world, even in those days, designated Bethlehem of Judah as a birthplace of Messiah. Okay. Second. And that and it was a, and it was about the same time Isaiah seven fourteen said that the Christ would be born of a virgin. He made in ten twelve BC specific specified that the Messiah's hand and feet would eventually be pierced. A clear reference to death by crucifix, crucifixion. 800 years before, the Romans even instituted crucifixion as a form of capital punishment. Okay, four. In Malachi 3.1, penned in about 425 B.C. to decide that the Messiah would be contemporarily, would be contemporary with the temple in Jerusalem. The temple that was destroyed 70 A.D. and was never rebuilt it has not impressed you even a little bit. You ought to go compare uh, Zechariah 
11, 11 through 13, written over 500 years before Christ. And Matthew 27, 3 through 10, written some 30 years, 25, 30 years after Christ, only coincidence. Sab 6, a number of years ago, Peter W. Stoner and Robert C. Newman wrote a book entitled Science Speaks. The book was based on the science of probability and vouched for the American Scientific Affiliation. It set out the odds of any man in in all history fulfilling and 270 ramifications fulfilled by the life of Christ. The probability that Jesus of Nazareth could have fulfilled even eight such prophecies could be only one in ten to the twenty to the seventeenth. That is one and one zero 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 zero. So I don't know how many that is. I think that's a bazillion. This I really don't know, but it's a lot of them. It's like huge. Stoner claims that many silver dollars would be enough. That that many silver dollars would be enough to cover the entire face of the entire state of Texas, two feet deep. Now, it has been... Re- now, I've been to Texas. Of course, I live in Texas, so I'm understanding. I've driven for days to get across Texas. Texas is a very large state. Who in his right mind would suppose that a blindfolded man headed out of Dallas by foot in any direction would be able, on that on his very first attempt to pick up specifically Mark Silver Dollar out of one zero 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 and he did. A blind man so on March several years ago I received a paper from the United States Chaplain Richard Harrison as in it wrote the fact is the birth Crucifixion and volley resurrection of Jesus Christ are celebrated worldwide by folks of every race, language, and color of every year. And believing in Jesus may have been, they have been delivered from the most evil, disastrous, frustrating, deliberate habits and life form possible. The real problem with Jesus is not that folks can't believe him, it's the fact they won't believe in him. My friends, in all honesty, what are chances you're not being altogether objective about the nature of the baby born in Bethlehem? What if the baby was God? What if he is God? What if you are submit you are to submit your life to him? Seventeen zeros behind the, after that one. Two feet deep covering the state of Texas. And one quarter marking that he had to pick up, and he left in Dallas, and that of the odds, you could win the lotto more easier than not believing that this, these eight, just just eight of the were him. So that's what I'm saying. It, how people cannot 
get this. It's beyond me. They refuse to see that he is the God. He is the king, and he is coming for his bride. Be ready, people. Be ready.
Amen. So you can go home with him. Amen. Praise God. Trust trust the Lord Jesus. Trust in Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been another glorious night. It's awesome what God can do in the life of the humble servant. It's all glory to him. And I say uh, shalom. We love you and bless each one of you. And all glory to Jesus. Keep looking up. Keep watching and praying because the king of glory, Yeshua Jesus, is coming. Amen? Amen. Shalom to all of you. Shalom all and good night. Shalom. Good night. We love you. Even from Texas, we love y'all. We love y'all. Be sure to keep praying for uh, the men in blue and thank them when you see them. Thank them for serving for you. Amen. All right. Praise God. Shalom. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.